Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Decision day determines the destiny of their regular season. It's now or never from Geodis Park. The draw will not be enough for Charlotte tonight. They need to win. The touch! The finish! What a start for Charlotte here at home. Can he produce something special to keep the Rebels playoff run alive? They've got a penalty! It's going to fall to the man from Chatham, New Jersey, 21-year-old John Tolkien. The chance to take the Rebels into the postseason, and he's done it for New York. It could well be Red October again. They win a corner. All eyes on Guido Gonzalez Jr. It's over. Charlotte wins. Buckle up. The Audi MLS Cup playoffs kick off tonight with a pair of wildcard matches between the teams that finished 8th and ninth in the standings. In the East, New York Red Bulls will host Charlotte FC at 7.30 p.m. on MLS Season Pass on Apple TV+. Plus. So for the Red Bulls, this is going to be their 14th consecutive playoff appearance, while Charlotte are playoff debutantes in just their second season in the league. So, interesting season for the New York Red Bulls. Troy Lassane came in for Gerhard Struber in May after a pretty tumultuous start to the season. The results were poor. That was that very unfortunate racial slur incident with Dante Van Zier. The supporters were outraged by everything. There was those confrontations. We're speaking about the Union Berlin supporters. It was the exact opposite of that um, at Red Bull Arena. Troy Lassane, who was an assistant, was named the interim head coach. But then kind of it wasn't an interim label. It was actually just the men taking, yes, taking over. But he has kind of calmed the waters a bit He leads his team to the playoffs for the 14th consecutive year. But he had this to say after their win against Miami on that decision day. And he said, I want to be really clear about this. This is not a distraction from a season that isn't acceptable for our fans. It's not acceptable what's happened this season. For that matter, the last four or five seasons, we need to do better as a club. I want to point out, too, that last year the Red Bulls finished – in fourth. So it wasn't as dire as perhaps maybe those statements make it seem. Uh, they ended up getting knocked out in the playoffs to FC Cincinnati. But, you know, the year before, they barely got into the playoffs. And, you know, there's a, there could be a lot of critique about perhaps the Red Bull system and the way they play, the style of play, and what it looks like on the pitch. But, Jimmy, what's your reaction when Troy Lassane says something like this ahead of a playoff match? What does it what does it mean? What's the, the outlook I, for the club? I get where he's coming from. After 34 games, you're what the 17th, 18th best team in the league. Mm-hmm. 
that's not that great, all things considered. It's great that you get into the playoffs. Your season gets extended. You have a chance to, once again, act like the Red Bulls and get knocked out at some point along the way. I don't know if it's going to happen in this particular game. I'm going, it's early, okay? I'm going for the early shot here on the Red Bulls. <laughs> and Lexus is just wound ear to ear. But I understand where he's coming from, and I think that if you have a certain standard that you want set at the club, that's going for the Supporters' Shield, which they've won before. That is scraping near the top three of your conference. That's Jimmy. being a real threat in the playoffs. This isn't good enough, and I like that he's holding the team and himself to that type of standard. You've coached before. Uh, Glenn's, if I'm not mistaken. San Francisco Glenn's. Shut okay, up. you've been a coach. Let's, let's put on the Coach Jimmy hat for one moment. There's a, Jimmy. There's, a couple, Jimmy. there's a couple of video games where you're, you're asked to manage a team, and they say before the match, the next match, do you want to compliment the other Manager, do you want to chastise your team or do you want to compliment the fans? There's something feels strategic to say this at this moment. Is there something to that where you're saying, let me appease the fan base a bit, inspire the fan base, let me say the right things, let me also say the right thing for the team to realize we need to step up? Is there something to that at this moment? Because what he's saying, while it's true, it feels like almost perfectly timed mm. to make this. Sure, statement. I think that's part of the gamesmanship of being a coach. You're sending a message to your players that this wasn't good enough, and maybe I expect more in the playoffs. You're also saying something to the fans. We acknowledge and recognize it wasn't good enough for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned, not just on the field but off, and we want to do better. They have that opportunity to do that, and they've been very good on the defensive side of the ball towards the end of the season. I think they're going to find their way to get past Charlotte in this particular game, but after that, they face FC Cincinnati. Three games. Three-game series. Nah. That's where you're going to get found out. I know there's some criticism around the three-game series, but I kind of like that you can't just have a miraculous 90 minutes or a hot goalkeeper. You have to be good over an extended period of time, and you're going to get found out if you're not a good team. This speech from Troy Lassane can be applied for all the four teams in the wild card. Again, I will say it again. Since we've been talking this playoff format, the reality is that it rewards mediocrity. And these four teams have been mediocre. Don't just put it on these four teams. It's really everyone from six down. And even, even if you want to go there, <laughs> six down. So, yes, the coach is probably speaking the truth and maybe even just setting the expectations a little bit lower because they end up winning the wild card. It's like, okay, yeah, we were mediocre throughout the entire season, but look, we got into a, the next round of the playoff, but I, I don't, again... I said this word on Monday whenever we were talking mm. about decision day. Um, I don't see any of the four wildcard teams getting far in the playoffs. <sighs> no, I said it the other day. I think the only team that I would think could have a chance would be Sporting Kansas mm. City. That is the, the only one of the wildcard teams that I think could, could potentially go and run. And even then, that's probably unlikely and probably a long shot. But I, I mean, don't know. Get, if they get past San Jose tonight, they'll take on St. Louis. That is a different type of game because that's a derby. It's a derby. Yeah. And, and St. Louis is still Three. relatively new to the party. Three. I know like we're going to break down that game a little but bit. St. Louis at home. St. Louis at home. Yeah, no, too. St. Louis is, is like a swarm of. That they're your pick, Alexis. You yeah, have them winning the whole darn thing. I'm biased then with what, whatever he's saying. I know. Well. <laughs> I'm not uh, biased. I'm talking about the West. <laughs> quickly, let's, let's hit on Charlotte, who uh, Charlotte FC will be making their, their first playoff appearance in their second year in existence in, in the league. It's been an interesting season for them as well to Nico's point um, about mediocrity. It's, it's, 
for them, there's a whole lot of draws if you look at their at their form guide. But for them, Jimmy, their Achilles heel has been allowing late goals and letting leads slip away, which is just something that cannot happen. And there was evidence of that against Inter Miami in the last mm -hmm. game. Kalina had to step up and have the MLS save of the season yes. to keep them in it. He's going to have to do that once again if they're going to get past the Red Bulls. But it's a worrying trend that I don't think has been rectified. And so that's one of the reasons why I like New York to get through. Yeah, I, I like what I saw when I went to the Charlotte match. Gedwin uh, Vargas, I think, makes some incredible runs. There's, there's some energy there. There's something you could build on. But overall, even if Charlotte were to make it through, they feel like they will be immediately overpowered. Yeah, I, I do want to give some credit, though, because, I mean, you experienced it firsthand, Alexis, what it's like to have a game day in Charlotte. And those fans show up. And Absolutely. I think that we, I think that MLS was almost surprised at the way that that city has embraced this club and how they turn up. I mean, they're playing at Bank of America Stadium, which is large. And mind you, they don't sell out the, the top ring of that stadium. But they, that place is packed almost every single game. And so this is a this is a city that has embraced soccer. They've embraced this club. And I'm very excited for them. They're yeah. going to have get to watch them in the postseason. That game was impressive uh, from a fan's perspective to see to see all the I mean, pretty much almost completely sold out. It was incredible. I think Ally did a great job. Um, with their uh, Fabergé. Uh, it's oh my, my Morocco. Uh, uh. Uh. <laughs> wow. Wow, we're such sellouts. 100%. I love it. I can discuss this, but <laughs> we got to go to break. We do have to can go to break. Can you do it in Moroccan? <laughs> Darija. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, we're, we are taking a break, but Guillaume Balaguet is going to, to join us. I believe he is in Paris. He joins us after a quick timeout. Stick around. Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. men's national team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger and don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Welcome back. Oh my goodness, look at this new animation. Guillaume on the go. That is incredible. I love that. Well done, graphics team. Um, because I feel like every week we have that question, where in the world is Guillaume Balaguet? Mm -hmm. um, well, today we have the answer. He is joining us from Paris ahead of PSG uh, in the Champions League. Hello. How are you, Guillaume? Lovely, lovely to see you. Um, I see you've got your, your ironing board in the background. I'm assuming you're in a hotel right now. Yeah, the iron bone that will not be used and the replacement pillars that I think won't be used either because I've got four there, I'm on my own, so yes. Did you like your animation? Did you see it? 
I loved it. I loved it. I had no idea that was was coming. Yes. And it helps me every time we talk that you tell me where I am because it kind of makes me realize where I am. (laughs) Even you don't know where you are. A little reminder. Um, Okay, so let's chat about uh, Group F and and this group of death, because right now Newcastle is sitting on top in that table. Uh, They absolutely dismantled PSG in, in the last match. So how surprised are you that the table looks the way it does right now? It is surprising, but nobody could predict um, one quick uh, decision on who the favourites are. I think the Newcastle dismantling of PSG had a lot to do with PSG as well in that strange formation 4-4 that Luis Enrique decided to play, which I don't think he will play today against AC Milan. But in any case, Newcastle took advantage of it. They back home in St. James Park and what you expect is a lot of noise and a team that is in good form. You remember the beginning of the season, Newcastle losing against uh, Liverpool, against City Brighton, and you think, hmm, all right, they cannot handle two competitions. And all of a Southern is six wins, two draws, and they're killing teams. So they should have, uh, they should be considered favourites today against Borussia Dortmund. Only one point for Borussia having lost against PSG. And uh, and then let's see what happens in Paris uh, tonight. Uh, PSG, of course, uh, improving at home, uh, improving in the league domestically. I think everybody starts to realize what Luis Enrique wants most of the time. Uh, Mbappé doing well at the weekend as well with one penalty scored and an assist. And all of a sudden, it looks like PSG are going the right way. And uh, and AC Milan, on the other hand, they lost against Juventus, uh, one nil only, but uh, it was a top-of-the-class uh, fight that, uh, that you'd saw at AC Milan struggling with uh, suspensions and injuries. And four of the players that didn't play, they will be back for tonight's match, which should make AC Milan stronger. Uh, Guillaume, I want to ask about PSG. Uh, I know their fans have had sort of a tumultuous past few months. Things, while they seem to start be settling, let's be honest, this is what they matter. What matters most for this PSG fan base is the, this competition. If they don't make it out of this group, that would be hell. How are the fans feeling right now, and how do you think they feel going into what's going to be a very tough game against a very uh, good Milan? In a neutral position like you and me are, uh, being out of this group wouldn't be a disaster because, of course, it is a tough group. But you're absolutely right. For PSG, is Champions League win or disaster. That is what it is. So every manager will be questioned. Every project will be questioned if uh, things don't go the right way. And what I'm getting at the moment is that, yes, Luis Enrique accepting the fact that some of the players uh, that he didn't want have gone, so he's happy with that. Berratti gone, Neymar gone. Leo Messi wanted him to stay, but it was too late for him to convince Leo. In any case, uh, the project has to do with a young Frenchman and around Mbappé, of of course. But there is tension between Luis Campos and, and Luis Enrique. They don't get on. So I don't know the consequences of it in the future, but right now what Luis Enrique is trying to build is a team that is very dynamic with a lot of players that feel important. So he's able to rotate when there are too many games like they did at the weekend. And in theory, one of the strongest teams in this group. But uh, yeah, if not winning it is disaster. Imagine not coming out of this group. Yeah, so Guillaume, on that theme, I want to ask you a little bit more about how PSG is going to set up because over the weekend against Strasbourg, Luis Enrique went with a 3-3-3-1 formation, which included Carlos Soler in midfield along with Fabian Ruiz, who both scored and both joined the attack in a way that they hadn't. And it felt like the team flowed in a way that they hadn't all season, which I think makes them very dangerous. But then conversely for AC Milan, 
They are third in shots uh, in this competition in the Champions League, but have no goals. So they're clearly getting themselves in good spots, but not finishing those opportunities. This is a must-win game, I feel like, for both of these teams. Do you think Milan has something? Can they go in there and get some points against a PSG that still maybe is trying to find their best 11? AC Milan will want at least four points out of these two double encounter with, with PSG. But you're right. I think the plans of Luis Enrique had changed a little bit. Uh, in his mind, anyway, the, the idea was Carlos Solera, Fabian could actually play at the weekend and then a different formation or at least different midfield. But you were you you right. They they actually there was a there was a fluidity to the game. There was a, a, a team that defended really well collectively. That it was difficult to uh, to beat them. Okay, it was Strasbourg not the strongest team, but in any case, Luis Enrique seemed very very happy with what he had seen. I wonder if that's changed uh, his mind. Uh, the principles of his team, you all know, is going to have to be very dynamic, very quick, trying to get the ball back very high. And let's see if uh, AC Milan deal with that. As I said, uh, Teo Hernandez. Uh, is definitely back into the team. Also, Magnan, both of them were suspended. But Krunic and Kalulu, uh, the right back, will be back into the team as well. So the strongest team possible for, for AC Milan with, uh, with Pulisic up front, with Giroud as well, and of course, Rafa Leal. Guillaume, you've been able to witness this constantly shifting atmosphere around Parc des Princes with the PSG Ultras. There was a different feeling when Messi arrived. You were there for his unveiling and then it kind of just completely turned 180 PSG Ultras against Messi, against Neymar. What's the feeling like around Paris with Luis Enrique, a manager that kind of knows how to take on pressure? Um, are the fans happy finally with the direction that this club is going in? Basically, the direction the club is going in has a lot to do with what the fans wanted. An idea that they identify more with the players that are on the pitch, not just French, but coming from the academy, some of them. And Luis Enrique has got no problem putting those players in if they are actually good enough. The thing is with, um, and, and you said a key thing here, Luis Enrique can deal with pressure, doesn't really care about pressure. So if if out to two people, one doesn't care about pressure, the other one has got not much to do. What I'm saying is the fans can actually criticize Luis Enrique or show their discontent if they don't like some of the things that they've seen, especially early in the season anyway. Luis Enrique doesn't care. He, uh, I remember talking to him uh, in a couple of couple of matches back and he was saying that uh, he, he won't be given time. That's what it is. He doesn't need time. He wants to impress from the beginning and do the kind of football, the brand of football that he's been asked to do from the beginning. And I think you're seeing glimpses of, of it. What I see is uh, with the fans having got rid in inverted commas of the likes of Neymar and Berratti, for instance, they seems to have a little bit more patience with, with what's happening uh, because there is, as I say, more identification with the 11 they're seeing. Um, all right, Guillaume, before we let you go, I have a very important question for you, uh, because when you came on screen, I almost didn't recognize you. You weren't wearing one of your, your signature shirts with the, the crazy patterns on it, but you are in Paris, my friend. I, I have a feeling, do you, is there a special shirt shop that you are going to pay a visit to while you're in town? Je suis à Paris. Uh, C'est ça, c'est à Paris look. Very, very Parisian. I need to look like the Parisians a little bit. And, uh, and of course, shirts uh, is when the weather is a bit better. It's actually raining in Paris right now, and it's a little bit cold. But 
I think I've got something uh, to impress you later. I knew it. I knew you had some tricks up your sleeve. Take Marco. (laughs) And also, you're in Paris. Take a look at those mattress corners. Okay, buddy? Don't bring anything home with you. (laughs) Uh, Guillaume, uh, merci beaucoup. You look magnifique, uh, mon ami. Merci. (laughs) Bonne joie. Enjoy the match. All right, guys, we are going to take another break. (gasps) It's spooky season, so we are chatting... Groups of death. Mm. Bam, bam, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> That's after a break. Stay with us. The group of death. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Glad to have you with us on another Champions League match day. Well, every year in Champions League, there seems to be a group of death. This year, that is Group F. We've got PSG, Dortmund, Newcastle, and AC Milan. Um, But if you recall, back in 21-22, the title of Group of Death was was Group B, actually. So that was Liverpool, AC Milan, Atletico Madrid, and Porto. So... Bit of a flex here. Not 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 so much a group of death for Liverpool, uh, who collected all 18 points in okay. that in that group stage. Yeah, they made it look easy. But for the and rest that was of the, the teams, Susanna Collins moment. Thank you, thank you for the rest of the teams. Um, it actually came down to the final match day to see who would advance along with Liverpool out of that group. Let's take a look back. Welcome, everyone. It's a pleasure to have you here in Istanbul for the UEFA Champions League group stage draw. Atletico Madrid. Group B. Liverpool. They will go back to the stadium where they won their last title. Porto. AC Milan. Group B. So for Milan, uh, we have Group B. Group B is uh, means Atletico de Madrid, Liverpool, Porto and Milan. Only a single point separates the teams, but it must be said, Stuart, that neither of tonight's two sides have set the group alight. This is a massive game for both clubs. Liverpool immaculate with just this hurdle to leap. So the mightier task is Milan. Simply, they must win. Nothing else will do. By Messiah, he got a flick from Roman. Chamberlain, Oxlade Chamberlain, manual save, Salah follows in, and Liverpool are level. Sends it away to the far side, John Mario in, Luis Diaz with the shot, fight saved by Oblak, making a beeline for the goal, Taremi with a chance to shoot, and Oblak makes the save. And here is Sadio Mane, beaten out by Mignon, back in by Origi. This is Tamori, hero in the first half, villain in this second half. We'd love to get on the end of this. Comes from the mark, Kondogby is there, and Antoine Griezmann scores for Atletico Madrid. Maybe now the chance for Atletico Madrid to break away. They've got the ball right where they were on it, and now Angel Correa surging forward. He can seal the deal here. Correa 
2-2, job done, Atletico Madrid. And Porto sliding out of the Champions League. Jurgen Klopp has good reason to smile because Liverpool are perfect. For Milan, as it turns out, it was little more than a pipe dream. Truth be told, it wasn't especially close to happening. Mmm. Wow. Tasty. Some lovely finishes in that. What do you remember about that group and that final match day? That pass by Antoine Griezmann mm -hmm. at the end was fantastic. The weight of the pass, the moment to get Atleti into the next round. I remember Atleti kind of doing what they do in this competition, which is not playing very well, but still finding a way to advance. And they probably put their best performance together at the very end. Yeah. I'm uh, thinking back to other groups of death. Uh, where Barcelona recently have been knocked out of group stage, which they're obviously not used to in their group with Bayern and Inter, who ended up progressing to the final. Um, and I look at this group of death, a big team is going to not make the next round, right? If it's Newcastle, it's almost like they get a pass because it's the first time in the Champions League in a really long time, but it doesn't feel like that's the direction we're going. If Newcastle makes it, that's a big plus, but... PSG really needs to step it up because if imagine, could you just imagine they don't make it, it would be shambolic. Yeah, shambolic is a good word. I mean, there's so much tension within that fan base. It seems to have kind of settled, but you can tell that those embers are still lit. This is, this is a club that for some reason just feels like this competition gets, gets the best of them, and it shouldn't. They've really been sort of putting the pieces together to have a great run. It didn't work out with the superstars there, their version of Galacticos. And hopefully with this more Parisian or more French-based team, it could go a little bit further just for the fans. I, I mean, I have so many friends that are PSG fans for life that it, this would be great for them. And it's mm -hmm. great to see drama on the group stage because usually in the Champions League, football in Europe has become so top-heavy. The best teams in each country are so far superior from the minnows that you can get in a pot three or a pot four that usually by the time the draw comes around, we already know who's going one and two into the next round. So the fact that we get a group of death like this and a big team is going to be eliminated is going to be fun to watch. I'm glad you're speaking about FC Copenhagen in that way. They were excellent against Manchester <laughs> yeah. United they, they were. They were. No, they what were I think really is interesting good. about this group of death, jokes aside, is that AC Milan and Borussia Dortmund, after two match days, haven't scored a goal, which I find fascinating because Julian Brandt, who's been excellent for Borussia Dortmund over the last year and a half, two years, he led the Champions League in chances created in the first two matches, and they still haven't scored. And we were talking about the XG for AC Milan in the first yeah. two match days. Over one, incomplete control, getting in good spots, haven't hit the back of the net. If you believe in XG and you believe that this, it's a good denotation of how a team plays, their first two matches, they were at 1.99 and 1.65. Both matches, they scored zero goals. They should have scored more than one. So they're due. By, by XG. So it feels like they're, they're due. due. They're playing better than the results are showing, which means, you know, they're walking into a, I mean, we're walking into a great match here with AC Milan. It, supposedly, if, if the XG is correct, maybe this is the match that they sort of show up uh, and they score some goals. They put some uh, goals in the back of the net. Now, looking ahead to today's match, Newcastle against Borussia Dortmund at St. James's Park. How, I mean, if they get, if Newcastle are able to secure three points, if they can get a win at home, I mean, they are putting themselves in such good position. How, how important, how much do you think they recognize that like, we need to get these points at home? Well, I think it's important because Borussia Dortmund, who they'll play in Germany, in Germany on match day which, four, is very difficult. Yes. And they're very good at home. 
Borussia Dortmund, not so great. They've lost their last six or winless in their last six against English clubs in a European competition. You have Newcastle. They've won five straight home matches, which has included beating Man City and PSG over that stretch. So they're starting to create St. James's Park this atmosphere and, and this fortress feeling that if you come in here, this is going to be intimidating. It's going to be a hard place to play and really establishing what they had in the past, which is very cool to see as a Newcastle also, am fan. Am I right myself. in saying they've never played each other? Yes, they've never played each other. This is the first time they'll play each other. This will be the first opportunity. These are two great homestands. I believe when we all talked about our, our favorite stadiums in Europe, these were two names that were brought up, both uh, Signal Iduna and St. James Park. So two great atmospheres. This will be Dortmund's first look at what it's like to be Saint, mm. to walk into St. James on a, on a Champions League night. It's going to be magical. For, for you guys, who would you be the most surprised at to not emerge from this group of these teams? Oh, PSG. Surprised? Yeah. PSG, considering the revamp, the restart that they've wanted after I, Neymar, after Messi. It's just because it, it wouldn't be acceptable mm -hmm. for PSG. It wouldn't be acceptable just for like football in general. It's like PSG crashing out of the group stage of the Champions League. Just like Barcelona, even though there was a possibility because they had a very strong group in Bayern and Inter. For Barcelona, it's unacceptable that they crashed out of the group stage of the Champions League. And Dortmund is not that convincing at the moment. It's difficult to go to England. By the way, to, to reinforce your stat, 11 losses in their 16 trips in England in their entire club history. So it, it will be difficult for Dortmund. So... Uh, you know, for Dortmund, it also wouldn't be acceptable if they're out full stop at a year. I was going to say, wouldn't it fourth. be unacceptable for any of those teams, aside from maybe Newcastle, who have, as you mentioned, not been in Champions League but for so long. But the way that they've invested I in know. their club, someone is going to be fourth, and that fourth place team is not going to be playing next semester in Europe, and they're going to have to deal with the fallout from that because for any of the four, it would be unacceptable that they're not progressing into some sort of tournament Ooh. next semester. Ooh. It's exciting. Newcastle Dortmund today. PSG taking on AC Milan. All right, we are going to take another break. When we come back, uh, we are taking a look at the other matches that we have to look forward to as Champions League match day three continues. We'll be right back. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Welcome back. Here's a look at today's Champions League matches. Our coverage kicks off at 2 p.m. Eastern on Paramount+. Plus. We have uh, two early matches, though. Feyenoord versus Lazio and Barcelona taking on Shakhtar Donetsk um, at 12.45 p.m. Eastern. And then Group F, PSG versus AC Milan. Newcastle versus Dortmund. We'll also see Leipzig taking on Red Star Belgrade. Young Boys will host Manchester City. And in Group H, Royal Antwerp will take on Porto. So let's chat about Young Boys and Manchester City. Manchester City sitting on top of Group G right now. RB Leipzig right behind them on three points. Um, they're going to be playing on turf hmm. in this match. Does How that very affect- MLS of them. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of the stadium? Yeah. Wankdorf. Yeah. Okay. That's the name of their stadium. Does it, um, is that a factor, Nico? Young Boys has never kept a clean sheet in their Champions League history. Never. Not once. Never. 29. What is their Champions League 29 history? goals across 14 games played. I heard this Man City team isn't very good, though. So oh, no. They've got a chance. They're not I'm trying scoring. to create <laughs> some sort of narrative here. I mean, uh, is this, is this, is this going to go exactly how we think it's going to go? I do believe that there is an element where if young boys come out and try to play on the front foot and try to score an early goal. And that's happening in the Champions League against City. It could make City suffer slightly. Ultimately, yes. I think City are going to wear them down and ultimately win this game. But because the Manchester Derby is on the weekend, that game is at Old Trafford, I wonder how Pep Guardiola balances his team. Is he going to roll out everybody here, especially because the game's on turf? They have so much depth that you wonder what – concoction of players he's going to roll out for this. That said, their second team could probably run with any first team in the world. I, uh, I just want everyone to know that you said uh, young boys can't keep a clean sheet, and I made no jokes. Um, but and now you just <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't say anything. You're just thinking it. Uh, <laughs> what I will say is this doesn't really matter, right? I think what, we're, what we want to see is Manchester City give uh, – is Rico Lewis – Gonna get a gonna get a run out, or can Calvin Phillips please, <laughs> please get some minutes, please? Manchester Maybe. City. We need to look at this match as if it were not really that difficult of a match for them. Young boys, yes, they're very good, but like you said, they're not the mo- they're not the strongest competition they're gonna face. So Manchester City, if I were Manchester City, man, come on, let let someone else get a shot. I I think they will. Like Jimmy said, they can roll out. Any combination of players from the squad that they have registered for the Champions League, and it'll be better than Young Boys, with all due respect to the team that's sitting near the top of the Swiss Super League. The quality is just not at the par of, of, of Manchester City. And by the way, for the turf discussion, right? It's not only MLS. They had it in Copa Libertadores semifinal. Palmeiras plays on turf, which is honestly it's ridiculous. I feel like if UEFA is going to impose these standards that take certain clubs out of their own stadium, have to adjust to play elsewhere, I feel like within those regulations, you should have a grass field. It's the elite level of competition. I understand maybe like if the average temperature in your country or in your city is below a certain point, like in like very north Scandinavia where it's almost... It's very, very difficult to grow this type of... What's the grass called? Bahama... Bermuda. Bermuda. There, Bermuda grass. Uh, then you can have turf, but come on. You have the champions of Champions League playing on turf, and there's probably a whole bunch of reasons why Young Boys is not using grass, which I don't know at this point. But it just it, it feels like 
it's almost an chronic. Like, come on, this is live up to the times. Just, I completely young just, boys using grass. And he just said, and he just said chronic. He just said chronic. They're all just sitting there, and I can't do any of them. It's writing itself. When when you look at there's a country that is making turf illegal, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Yeah, because there's there's a lot of questions about to the the health of it. So would you say you're high on grass? Never said that, my young boy. You wouldn't. You never. He smokes a cigarette like this. Um, I just think when there's a lot of questions that should be asked about why a team in a Champions League is allowed to play in something like this. And if you've seen teams like Union Berlin switch stadiums, different reasons, then maybe you should ask. (sighs) Then maybe they shouldn't play at the Wankdorf. (laughs) <laughs> That's the name. Wow. Wait, is, is Rafael, <laughs> I have a serious question. Is Rafael Vicky, is he the head coach of Young Boys? That's another MLS connection. Yeah, there you former, go. former head coach of uh, the, the Chicago, Chicago Fire. And the youth national teams of the United States. There you go. And See? was Frankowski was the player of the match in the other match. Chicago Fire all over the God, place, We've got bro. so much synergy. Everywhere except the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I feel like this segment needs to yeah. end. John um, Dudan in Conference League hey! today. Hey, there we another go. Chicago Fire reference. Wow. He is. And they're trying to pull out Heck another of a one. Player. What's Guatemoc Blanco doing? <laughs> <laughs> Running for politics. Oh, all right. Well, earlier in the show, we chatted about the uh, Eastern Conference wildcard in the MLS Cup playoffs. We are going to chat about the Western Conference wildcard player features two former teams of the one and only Jimmy Conrad. Oh, baby. In Kansas City and the San Jose Earthquakes. That's coming up next. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Look at this guy. Oh, my goodness. Jimmy Conrad back in the day. This was the KC, the, the Wizards days? Was this? this is the Wizards. Okay. Yeah. Taste the rainbow, Taste everybody. Taste the rainbow. Um, I want, I'm, I really wish we could have a live cam on Jimmy Conrad tonight as he watches this Eastern Conference playoff match between you know, SKC and Are you wearing one of those like kits like a mom wears when their kids play for each team? I definitely feel like I am going to be a mom in this one. I just want everybody to have fun. Oh, oh apple, I just want everybody to have a good time. Orange slices. Just have a good time. You said, but you, your name is actually up at Children's Mercy Park. It is. It's so in you the have stadium. Been, you have been honored, rightfully so. Can you see it from here? Yes. Oh, yeah, it's in it? the top, on, on the left corner with the building on the the square building okay. on the oh, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the top name on the right side. Okay. So this is Jimmy Conrad over here? Yes. That's right. Jimmy Conrad? Yeah, it's that's right. right. It's right, right, right next to Wankdorf. Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they wow. play on grass here, though, so it's a little bit different. It, when, when did the Wizards rebrand? I forgot about... 2000. Two times. Twice. They went from Wiz to Wizards. Wiz to Wizards, and then... Wizards to Sporting Kansas City. Sporting Kansas City. Oh, 
Oh, Wizards so much better. Crazy, crazy. The logo for Wizards was so dope. With the with the colors. I have yeah. some of the the throwback Wizards kits, and they are they're some of my. With the rainbow colors. Yeah. They're so dope. They're so good. They're so good. Jimmy, what are some of the the favorite memories that you have with with both of these clubs? Well, in Dax. Dax. Oh my God. Wow. Dax, cute as a button. Oh. He actually did me up on this one. Thankfully, he uh, missed it wide. That's me winning the Open Cup in 2004. That's Tony Miola. What's interesting is that's probably my favorite memory because Lamar Hunt was still around at that point. Mm. His name had just been put on the U.S. Open Cup trophy. We won it in front of him over the Chicago Fire in extra time. It was golden goal. So once we hit the back of the net, it was over. <sighs> Lamar Hunt was so proud of us. He came down and gave everybody a big hug. That was a really special moment. Very That's cool. awesome. What was the buzz? The buzzed hair was that like a rally, a rally haircut, or you went no, with that for a while? That was yeah. Once college pros, I just didn't have to want to worry about it. Aerodynamic. Nice. Yeah. Well, you got a good one now. Well, I like this haircut. Thank you. Um, well, that okay. looks like yours. Well, let's chat about the uh, the Jimmy Conrad Derby. Let's do it tonight. SKC San Jose, 9:30 p.m. on MLS Season Pass on Apple TV Plus. I'm staying up late to watch this. You promise? I'm really excited. Thanks. I am actually really, really excited for for this one. I, I said it earlier in the show about Sporting Kansas City. Obviously, they clinched their spot in the playoffs on the final day of the season with that win against Minnesota. A couple other results going their way. The Portland loss to to Houston. They're a team that has has probably been in some of the best form in the league since that terrible start that they had, Jimmy. I said if there's one team, I think, in these wild cards that could potentially uh, make some noise in the playoffs, it's this SKC team. How big of an advantage do you give them in this game, especially playing in front of their fans? Well, they played against San Jose in Kansas City two months ago. They won 3-0. Shalloway scored. Johnny Russell scored. Eric Tommy scored. I could see more of the same. I think San Jose is going to come in and be – pragmatic about when they try to counterattack and how they try to hurt Kansas City in transition, trying to get the ball to Christian Espinoza, who's arguably one of the best players in the league. I was at the San Jose game, the last game of the season against Austin. They have some parts there that I think can be dangerous, but I think Kansas City just has a little bit more. Luchi Gonzalez, who I love, one of my former teammates, is now the coach of San Jose. It's still a project for them. I still think they're in transition from Matias Almeida, the previous coach. So they're not there just yet. They're not mm -hmm. the finished product. Whereas when I look at Sporting Kansas City, much older team, been around. They know Peter Vermees' system. And I think those little things are going to ultimately define the margins in this game. Also, I have to go with Kansas City. I played there for eight years. So they have two-thirds of my heart. And uh, San Jose has one-third because I only played there for four You are years. beloved there. I have been at Children's Mercy Park at matches where you're there. And honestly, the crowds of people that want to get photos with this guy. And, and Jimmy always applies. I should run for He's mayor of Kansas City. Jimmy Conrad. He's lovely. Jimmy Conrad. <laughs> you think uh, <laughs> uh, San Jose will be patient with the Lucci Project? Yes, I do. I think that he has Chris Leach, who's the sporting director, John Wolniak. Wolniak is, he's the sporting director, John Wolniak, and Chris Leach is the president or general manager. And I, they really wanted Lucci to come in. He obviously had some success with FC Dallas. They have some talented young players, Nico Chakiris, Cade Cowell, uh, Jackson Ewell, who's the captain, still relatively young, all things considered. So he's a bit of a player whisperer. I just think it's going to take some time for him and his style to be implemented. And 
they're going to have a transfer window as well to continue to get players in that maybe fit his system. They have four consecutive draws. That's fun. Which is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be. It yeah. could be, and they might have to have that same type of mentality in this game. Mm-hmm. How long can we grind it out? Maybe even get into penalties. Well, and that's the thing people should know um, about this, these wild card matches, that if it is a draw at the end of regulation, it will go straight to penalty oh. kicks. Which is cool, quite exciting. Yeah. And I think that's also going to be the, the three-game the three, best of three are yes. also going to go straight. As far as this match is concerned, uh, the last two times they've faced each other, both home teams have won 3-0. So this feels like a home field advantage style match. But everything we say adds the caveat and has the asterisk of none of this matters <laughs> because everything resets when you get into the playoffs. The one thing that matters is what was your momentum carrying you in? And, Suze, you've said it this whole way. Sporting Kansas City has that going in where San Jose kind of feels a little bit like they sputtered into this as opposed to Sporting Kansas City kind of carried themselves in the second half of the season at a different level. So (coughs) maybe Sporting Kansas City gets through. But, again, with all these wild cards, the the team you're about to face next in a best of three – Chainsaws. Chainsaws. In some ways, I want to will. Sorry to interrupt, but I want to will Kansas City into the next (coughs) round because they'll be facing St. Louis. Hmm. And I think that that is going to be fantastic. With with all due respect to San Jose, San Jose versus St. Louis just doesn't have that same magic Mm -hmm. that I think you'd get. I mean, this is essentially Midwestern El Trafico, right? You're going to get some fireworks that you wouldn't get if San Jose makes it. So the no Trafico. (laughs) There you go. I led you right into that. That was was beautiful. Because it is my birthday, I'm going to bring a personal anecdote. Please do. do I don't know if I've told you guys. I know I've mentioned on our broadcast somewhere. Lucci was the head coach of our rival high school team when I was in high school, my junior and senior year in the biggest matches of the year. Really? Lucci was the coach on the, on the other team. Lucci's from Miami. He's Peruvian-American. Mm-hmm. Played in Libertadores in, in a Peruvian, with a Peruvian club. But he was he coached the team that we had and to beat. And did you win or lose? We, I have a positive record against Lucci. Yeah. But he was, they were very smart. He had a very talented team. A lot of friends of mine now, and, and he, those games were wildly competitive. We were wow. always the underdogs. That's and a I great think Ramsey game. Gulliver. Lucci's from Hialeah, if I'm not mistaken. Nice. Where a lot of Cubans are. Also, one of the best dress coaches in Major League Soccer. I know that's neither here nor there, but it matters to me. So, we're going to put it out there. Um, SKC taking on San Jose tonight, 9.30 p.m. on MLS Season Pass on Apple TV+. Plus. All right, guys. That's our birthday boy. (laughs) Look at those moves. Nico Cantor turns 30 years old today. 30 years old. Oh, wow. That's uh, sensual. Look at my sty. Smoldering. (laughs) (laughs) Good shoulder flexibility. Turns 10. Nico turns 30. Jimmy dance. (laughs) And that is not a Jimmy dance right there. I don't have that. For the camera there, with there we go with the Beautiful. mate. All right, with the mate, fantastic. <laughs> oh, Happy with the mate, Thank you very much. I appreciate that.
We got in here. Oh, we're getting hugs. Yeah. Ooh, it's from everyone, by the way, not just witty. Uh, this from oh, all the people. Oh no, no, this is <laughs> my sole purchase. So I was the only one responsible for this. All the producers back there. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. This has been a very carb-heavy week on morning footy with with my birthday and and yours. But this is your 30th. This is a really a special one. I'm excited for my 30th. Yeah. What are what are your hopes and dreams for your 30th year on this? I really hope that something gets done on November 4th. That's very important. Felipe Dador is final. In Come on, Boca. Theory. I'm like, what is it, election? Day? I literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, Jesus, not now, Nico. <laughs> hey, happy birthday. Thank we you. love you so Thank much. You. I appreciate you. And Thank we you love guys. you guys. Thanks Feliz for watching. Enjoy all the soccer today. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>